all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedy, where the doctor's always in. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of internal medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And your host for the next hour, we're going to be talking about all kinds of things that you have on your mind. That's right. You can call us today live and we will be answering your health care questions, whether that's about yourself or somebody else. You can call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can send an email to remedy at mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, remedy at mpbonline.org. And now, Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. Good morning and welcome to Southern Remedy. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And your host for today, we're going to be uh, answering your questions and uh, taking your calls this morning. If you have any kind of health care question, you can reach us this morning. We try to address everything from uh, medications to different things that are uh, popping up on you. We even do a little bit of dermatology from time to time, which is a bit challenging on radio, but we do our best. Uh, but if you've had a question about something, maybe it was a diagnosis that you didn't quite understand, maybe it was a medication that you were prescribed, you can reach us this morning live at one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or you can send an email to remedy at mpbonline dot org. So, hope everybody's having a great morning so far. Beautiful weather out there, nice and cool in the extremities of the day, but uh, warm in the daytime. And I love spring weather; just love that. And the uh, only thing I could do without is the pollen. And I hope everybody's taking precautions out there. If you have allergic type symptoms. Uh, There's some things that you can do. Hard to avoid that, even if you stay inside. And who wants to stay inside on a wonderful spring day? Uh, But there's some things that you can do to help protect yourself. Uh, Now, I got my own regimen of nasal saline wash and Flonase going right now. But I just want everybody to to do that so that you can fully enjoy the weather out there. Going to go to our uh, first caller, who is from Wesson. We got Debbie on the line. Good morning, Debbie. Dr. Jimmy, thank you for taking my call. Sure. And this is just going to be something for information. Oh, we love that. We love sharing information. That's the way we all learn. Thank you so much. As a volunteer firefighter previously in my life, I want to let people know whether they are in a city or a rural area, 
if they are in a city that has paid firefighters by the city, they are required by EOC to have a paramedic or better in their area, and they always have a paramedic stationed at one station somewhere in the city in case you end up with a situation and you're close to that, that you can either call and they can make a service call to you or you can possibly get there in time. In my own experience, we had someone who was having a heart attack when they showed up at the station. In rural areas, they still have to have a paramedic or better available um, it just may take them time to get to you if you can't get to them. But you have that option. If you have a situation that you can't get to a hospital or can't get to a doctor in a more timely manner in anything, and that does not substitute for doctors at all, but it is an option as far as time. Right. Yeah, that's some excellent information. Not everybody knows that. Um, and I, I have personally seen this, Debbie, uh, you know, in, in particularly in places like Mississippi, there are very rural uh, areas that are very far from uh, from a, maybe a hospital. Well, unfortunately, we've had a couple of hospitals in Mississippi closed down, so the, the services that are available to people are not readily available uh, like they should be in a lot of situations. So it is great that we have our first responders. And by the way, thank you for your service as a volunteer uh, fire person. Um, so before uh, the city of Byram was incorporated, so I, I live in that area, um, you know, I had a lot of friends and I know uh, actually the mayor of Byram, R- Richard White, uh, has been a long term supporter of volunteer services and has been on the volunteer fire department. And let me tell you what, if there's anything that happens in the Byram area, uh, they were there. I mean, they were there quick, and uh, they provided a lot of uh, firsthand medical care to people, and everybody knew that you could go by there if you needed something, you know, pretty quickly. So, no, I would say, you know, to everybody that's listening, know where your resources are, and as Debbie mentioned, uh, know where your first responders are, and uh, it's great that uh, that you gave us that information about EMT services and in uh, and, uh, training because a lot of people think, well, they just you know they address uh, emergency issues and fires and those kinds of things, but from when it comes to health, they're not really trained. What they, they are, they are. They, yes, they do, and they will make service calls. Absolutely, if you have someone who has fallen and you need yeah. help in getting them off, or. Just anything, checking your blood pressure, you know, whatever. Um, And I know when I was a volunteer, we had less than one minute to be able to be fully dressed in our gear and be rolling in the truck. So that's not much response time. All of these people, men and women who do this, absolutely kudos to them <laughs> yeah yeah well I, like i said i mean there were many you know like a motor 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 vehicle accidents or somebody who uh, called 911 at their house 
Uh, the volunteer fire department came from all out. I mean, it, it's like, I don't know. I, I, I think you're right. It's like everybody hears about the stories of the Minutemen. To me, modern-day Minutemen and women are the volunteer services that we have in a lot of places and uh, and in cities, you know, your, your first responders. So if they can get to you closer than, well, on a volunteer rule thing, if they can get to you closer than you can get an ambulance to you yeah. or you get to the doctor, then, yes, definitely go that way. Yeah, absolutely. Debbie, thank you for uh, for calling and giving us that information and bringing that up. That is something that is uh, is uh, timely for a lot of people. I, I guarantee you there is somebody that's going to hear this today that's going to be positively affected by it. The number to call this morning on Southern Remedy, if you have any kind of health care questions, is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Let's go to James from Mobile, Alabama. Good morning, James. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good. Thanks for calling. All right. My question was, I'm, I'm having these white spots that appear on my scalp. Okay. Are they flat, or the, I'm going to ask you some questions to help me understand what's going on there. Is uh, that's here's the limitations with radio. I can't see them. So, uh, right. so <laughs> are they right. flat spots or are they raised? They are flat. Okay. And did they come up and stay? Do they seem to sort of come and go? Uh, they they've come up and they've stayed. Okay. And the other thing is, you, you said white. Now, sometimes white can mean just a little bit pale, or it could mean completely white. They're pretty much completely white. Okay. James, are you, uh, skin color-wise, are you uh, Caucasian, African-American, Asian? Uh, what's your skin color? African-American. Gotcha. Okay. I'm going to take a stab. This sounds like it's vitiligo, which is a loss of pigment in the skin. Uh, it, it can be an autoimmune process. So you always, if you have vitiligo pop up, it's a, it's a good thing to probably check in with a dermatologist or somebody who is very experienced with skin disorders. Uh, because in a few patients, this can be a sign that there's something else going on. In fact, I have a good friend that this happened to him and ended up having some kidney problems, uh, um, and that were going on at the same time. So the skin, uh, the loss of pigment in the skin was sort of a warning sign for that and loss of loss of hair on the face. If it's not, though, if there's not anything else going on, this is this is, a, you know, it can be sort of hard to uh, to treat. Uh, there's a couple of different things that a dermatologist can do, but it sounds like this is probably a an autoimmune process on your skin. Uh, James, did this is this run in your family at all? Anybody else have this that you can remember? No, I think this is the first occurrence. Okay, okay. I I would go to the dermatologist. There may be some things they can do to sort of reverse the process, or at least try to figure yeah. out what's going on and make sure there's nothing else, uh, you know, that's causing it. But that sounds like vitiligo, so it's it's that loss of pigment. It, you, you've probably seen somebody with extremes of this. It can be self-limiting and go away with time, but uh, you, you probably need a, a specialist in skin disorders to take a look at you. Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. Sure. Thanks for calling. Let's go to uh, Thomas in Ocean Springs. Good morning, Thomas. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Great. Thank you very much. And thank you for taking my call. Sure. Uh, my question is this. I've I've gotten uh, what was diagnosed temporarily by the pathology is out yet, but uh, temporarily as 
swimming pool granuloma uh-huh. located on my elbow, uh-huh. and uh, it it is a evidently a macrobacterium, and he's and the treatment is possibly a very long term uh, treatment on antibiotics such as a tetracycline family of minocycline, I believe it's called. Yep. yep. And my question is, and, and he said this actually could take a couple of months, if not longer, daily. Yep. Well, I need to be concerned with anything in my gut bacterium, or, or do I need to take some type of probiotic or or things like that or or just let it ride yeah yeah that's a great question to bring up uh, particularly with the long-term treatment of antibiotics let me back up a little bit this sounds like and they may have told you the fancy name for this which i think what by what you're describing is mycobacterium marinum yes correct yeah that is correct so this is is a it's a bacteria that likes cool areas and uh this one likes uh wet areas so the classic, this used to show up on our internal medicine boards all the time. Uh, it still does from time to time. But basically, the classic presentation is somebody who works in, in the aquarium industry or, you know, works. Well, at, I'm, I'm in the marine water. So there you so go. I'm there crab, you go. Crab, oysters, you name it. That's, that's the other scenario I was about to describe. So that's that. Yeah. So you're the typical patient for that. It's a mycobacterium, which means it's in the same family as leprosy and tuberculosis. It's not. It doesn't mean you have tuberculosis or leprosy, but it's the exactly. same same family. And it takes, like those other diseases, if you think about the treatment for tuberculosis or leprosy, it takes a long time to treat it. So you can. They're exactly right. It can take months and months and months. And uh, if you're taking an antibiotic or a combination of antibiotics. Certainly, there's always a risk of side effects, and you mentioned one of them, which is gut side effects. Um, you know, our our intestines are populated by millions and millions of bacteria, and they do their job uh, that they're designed to do. So they they're in there for a reason. They help us to digest a lot of particles and and different things. They even produce substances that help our bodies to work. Vitamin K is a good example of that. So uh, what happens if you're on antibiotics is you wipe out at least some of those bacteria over time. So a lot of people have have experienced this with even short courses of antibiotics. Uh, It's why sometimes you get diarrhea with certain antibiotics just because you wipe out the gut uh, flora that's there. Probiotics with this, if you're not familiar with this, basically it's those good bacteria um, that are in a powdered form or a capsule form, and you, you take that and uh, it uh, helps to repopulate the, the, all the gut flora. I don't think, Thomas, it's a bad idea to do that. It may be a good idea. One other thing you want to discuss, here's the way I would do, uh, do it. I, I would talk to your physician, whoever's going to prescribe you the antibiotic, and say, tell me all the possible side effects with this. And they're probably going to do that anyway. Um, yeah. And you mentioned, I think you mentioned tetracycline as one of the possibilities. You know, Well, it's minocycline, mena- I believe okay. it is, or... Yeah, same family. Right, so, same family. So some of, some of those antibiotics, too, can cause sin sensitivity to the sunlight. 
Uh, and if you're in that, you know, by, by what you just said, I'm sure you're exposed to sun all the time. I am, and that's why I'm not on doxycycline, actually. Yeah, because that one's a real offender. You're right. So, uh, yeah, you do want to be careful with that kind of thing and, uh, you know, with all side effects, particularly if it's long-term. I would do that, though. I would, I would, if it were me, I'd probably take a probiotic, and that may help some of the long-term side effects that you might have. But it's going to be a while before you get rid of this. Okay, well, I was uh, <laughs> I was afraid that was going to be the whole yeah. answer, but <laughs> hang in there, Thomas. Hang in there, and uh, live yogurt. You know, uh, you know, if you like that too, that's that another, another possibility. Thing. Uh, yep. Is it yogurt would be a choice, I guess? Yeah. Does that interfere with the absorption of the uh, antibiotic? Uh, you could just separate them. So you could take the antibiotic at one time, and then uh, you know do the yogurt at another time. You don't have to do them together. Yeah, okay. Okay. Well, I certainly thank you very much and you know, we just go with it. Yeah, hang in there, Thomas. Just one okay. one day at a time. I I appreciate you taking my call. All sir. right. Thank Thanks for calling. This is Southern Remedy. I'm Dr. Jimmy and uh, we're answering your calls this morning. You can reach us at 1877 MPB ring. That's 1877-672-7464 or you can send an email to remedy at mpbonline.org. Going to take a short break when we get back. We're going to go to David in Port Gibson. Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464, or you can email the show, remedy at mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Southern Remedy. I'm Dr. Jimmy, and we're taking your calls this morning. Any kind of health care question that you might have about yourself or somebody else uh, in your family or maybe a neighbor or a friend, we're glad to take those this morning. You can reach us by calling 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can send us an email. You know, maybe you think of something later and we're not on the air. We try to uh, address those. In fact, we're going to address those from time to time uh, with a, a, a program on the air so that we don't uh, actually can, we can share those with other people too. Uh, you can reach us at remedy at mpbonline.org. All right, we're going to go to uh, David now in Port Gibson. Good morning, David. Good morning. Thanks for calling. Yeah. What's your question this morning? Well, I'm going, I got a, I keep a cold all year round. Mm-hmm. Can't get rid of it. Yeah. And I wonder what can I take for to try to get rid of it. Yeah, that's a hard one. So uh, let me throw a couple of things out there, though. So basic thing, this is going to sound like a cop-out to you, David, a little bit. But basically, uh, it, 
exercise, regular exercise, whether that's incorporated in what you do with your job or your daily routine, moving around, doesn't have to be fancy, you don't have to join a gym, uh, but, uh, you know, doing that uh, on a regular basis can be a, a big boost to your immune system. And then the other thing is what you eat. So eating a healthy diet that has a lot of fruits and vegetables in it, uh, that can provide your body with all the precursors it, it needs to do its job. I, the way I would think about this, David, is is just like a, a vehicle or a car, a piece of machinery. To work correctly and to make sure that it's not breaking down a lot, you have to make sure that you have good maintenance on it. And it's it's a whole lot easier to prevent things than to wait till they pop up. Now, if you're already doing this, uh, you know, it's a little bit more difficult. Certainly, uh, colds. Uh, usually refer to viral infections. So it's a virus that we get that causes all those symptoms like the runny nose and cough and uh, just feeling bad. Um, and there's some that do more damage like the flu. Certainly, you know, getting a flu shot can help at least reduce that risk. But David, you know, coming in contact with people is the biggest way that we, we transmit that. So uh, I, if you're more prone to get that, make sure you, you're washing your hands after you're, you know, touching people, shaking their hands, or even like touching doorknobs, that kind of thing. That can help cut down, too, on it. Um, but uh, beyond that, if you're still having a lot of problems, I, I would at least see a physician because there may, you know, there's a slight chance there may be some other things going on. They may want to check some blood work on you or, or check to see if there's something else going on. I didn't do it all that. I didn't say all my blood work good. I'm I'm very active. I stay active every day and I work. And I didn't have blood work done and all that good. Everything good. That, all the time I just have a little high blood pressure. Right. And uh, allergy. Can't how to breathe. I've been like that all my life, but I just can't get rid of this cold. Yeah. And th- there is a possibility, too, that it, it may not be an infectious cold. The, the symptoms may be caused by some of the allergy problems that you have. I mean, that's that's a possibility, particularly if you have it all year round. It may actually be an allergy-type problem rather than a cold. But, yeah. uh, but I, you know, it sounds like you're doing all the right things. It's always frustrating when I talk to patients and they say, hey, I've got this problem, and then I suggest some things, and they're like, I'm already doing that. So it's uh, <laughs> like, don't stop doing that. But, uh, yeah. yeah, David, I, I think I would uh, I would maybe ask your doctor, hey, do you think this could be caused by something else, and see what they say. And that may prompt them to look for different things that might be causing those same symptoms. And, okay. and David, you know, a lot of people will say, or you may have seen on the news or at the pharmacy, certain things you can take to help prevent colds. A lot of things have been looked at, like vitamin C and uh, a lot of herbal supplements, too, to help boost your immune system. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I think really even beyond the supplements, if you just stick to that healthy diet that we talked about earlier, like you said you're doing, and um, I don't necessarily think you need to take anything else in addition to that. Okay. Stay away from sick people. I, I I knew a pediatrician that would say that. It sounds sort of crazy, but it's just like don't don't get around sick people. I know. I'm, when I get around sick people, I catch it. <laughs> <Whatever they got. laughs> no. I try my best to stay away from around sick people. Maybe you need I like hate a going through the hospital business. Oh yeah, if you go to the hospital, you're you're exposed to a lot. You're right. Oh yeah, I come out of there, I feel bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's uh, it's a hard place to not get sick in. 
Okay, Dan. Thank you for that information. All right, David. Take care. Thanks for calling. All right, this is Southern Remedy. The number to call if you have a question about anything is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Yeah, coughs and um in fact I saw a patient before I came over here this morning um to the to the radio uh, studio uh with uh, chronic cough. Chronic coughs in uh in runny noses can be lots of different things and sometimes they'll be diagnosed particularly if you just pop into a quick care clinic or somewhere like that. Um that that uh you know there are advantages to having the same person sort of see you over time. Um but if it's if you're just getting treated for that, you know, cold or uh, viral infection every time. It may be something else that's going on. So you do want to make sure if it's going over a period of months and across a couple of seasons, it may be something else like allergies, sometimes heart failure, sometimes asthma can pre- present that way. So you do want to have that in the back of your mind. If things just aren't getting any better, there may be some other things that are that are going on. So, uh, sounds like, uh, sounds like our caller was already doing the right things, but, uh, for everybody else who's listening, it may have the same, um, same, uh, uh, questions about that or same symptoms. You might want to have that, uh, have that checked out. Big thing in the, in the news that may be a controversy. You see this all the time about the questions about testosterone, uh, sorry, testosterone replacement therapy. So for men, this is a big deal, and you'll see these little clinics that sort of have popped up uh, that say, "Hey, we can we can uh, you know make everything better through this." Uh, so the the Society of Endocrinology has looked at this and sort of looked at the the risk and benefit of that. So um, you know, testosterone levels they are affected by a number of things. So they can go up or down based on your age. They tend to decrease as you get older. Uh, if you have more fat content, if you're overweight or obese, that certainly can can uh, change those levels. Other medical conditions can uh, can make your testosterone lower. Sometimes some medications can affect it as well. And then if you come into the office and you have an uh, acute il- illness, uh, you know, if you've got a, a, a pneumonia or you've got a urinary tract infection or other infections, they can... Uh, they can decrease, but on the average, they decrease about one to two percent uh, per year, somewhere between your thirties and your nineties. So about one to two percent per year decrease in that. So uh, you know, certainly there's a lot of symptoms that have been attributed to low testosterone or low T, as some people say it. Uh, fatigue, uh, some vague symptoms, maybe not, just not having a lot of um, a lot of. Uh, uh, um, stamina and what you do. Um, so what do you do from a replacement standpoint? And a lot of the places aren't adequately screening patients to make sure that there's not another problem going on that's causing the testosterone to be low, or they're not checking testosterone low levels at all or treating it in people who have normal or low normal testosterone with just symptoms. So there are a lot of side effects uh, with with testosterone, there actually it can increase your risk of cardiovascular disease. So it can increase the calcification around uh, in inside of arteries that uh, that feed your heart, and it can uh, increase the number of red blood cells, which can have some negative side effects. So if you're thinking about that, make sure you're you're going to somebody who is going to check you out and check those levels and treat you appropriately, because it may not be the best thing to do to. Um, 
to get, just dive into treatment. This is Southern Remedy. I'm Dr. Jimmy, and uh, you can reach us this morning by calling one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to go to Shelby in Ridgeland, who's been waiting patiently. Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, remedy at mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Southern Remedy. I'm Dr. Jimmy. And uh, a lot of good questions this morning, some comments, too, sharing some information, as we always do here on Southern Remedy. You can join our conversation this morning with any kind of question you might have, or if you've got a suggestion based on what somebody else has said earlier, you can join us at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can always send an email to remedy at mpbonline.com. Dot org. Let's go to Shelby in Ridgeland. Shelby, thank you for patiently waiting. Yes. My question to you is, um, I just heard you mention probiotics, and my question is, what's the difference between probiotics and prebiotics, and which one is better? Yeah, great question. So we mentioned probiotics. So those are actually the bacteria that live in the gut that help to break down things. They help to produce some substances that our bodies need. Um, So those are living organisms. So they're bacteria and yeast um, that are supposed to be there. Certainly you can have other bacterial infections from time to time that can cause problems. However, um, you know, the probiotics, they need, you need those there. And sometimes for, um, um, sometimes for different conditions and like diarrhea, particularly if it's, if it's related to something that you're taking like an antibiotic, you'll need the probiotics. Prebiotics are what those probiotics like to eat. So, uh, and it's a, it's a really similar. We all, almost should just name these different things. Uh, but prebiotics are different substances that they like to, uh, to, to uh, eat. Uh, you can find these in foods. There's some supplements that you can take uh, to help sort of nurture those, those bacteria. That's the thought process. But there's a lot of things like that we don't eat a whole lot of. I know a lot of people do like Jerusalem artichokes. I don't know how many people eat artichokes every day, but I don't. I love artichoke heart, but I don't eat it that much. Uh, But there's some common things, too, like apples, bananas, uh, asparagus, onions, um, garlic. They have, uh, you know, some prebiotic levels in there. So those, again, are the things that those little bacteria and yeast like to like to chew on to do their job. 
Um, and again, there's some there's some supplements that you could do. A lot of them have them combined in there. Usually they have them separate because if you combine them and it gets a little wet, then they're going to start chewing and breaking down those things. But um, but that's the difference. Does that make sense, Shelby? It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah, and it's it. Uh, in you know, if you're eating a healthy diet already, you may not need the prebiotics because the bacteria are already going to have that there. So antibiotics don't that you're taking for other infections that might sort of wipe out your gut. They don't really do anything to if you still eat the right healthy foods. That's still going to be presented to them. And again, if you've been listening to this show for a long time, you know, uh, you, you know that I'm I'm always a big advocate of doing things as natural as possible. Um, but if for some reason you're not, it makes sense that you might want to, you know, either add those foods to your diet to help those bacteria, uh, sort of do their, do their job. All right. That's what I need to know. Thank All you. right. Thank you. Sure. Thanks for calling. Yeah. That's a confusing one. Pre pro, you know, what's the difference between all these things? Uh, can be sort of confusing uh, uh, over time. Hey, we mentioned in the previous program in Everyday Tech, we sort of touched on devices and uh, how they have uh, have uh, gotten to be a part of all of our lifestyles and how physicians are using them. I know at, at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, we've uh, we're one of the two uh, um, centers of excellence for telehealth, and that's uh, extending technology out in those areas and situations where it can improve and really um, do more than what we can do where we are. Certainly emergency medicine is one in the state that we've, we've extended that out. But for individual people, too, it can, uh, it can benefit them. And I do a lot of hypertension in my practice, and one of the ways that we can help uh, to monitor that and to treat it appropriately is through home blood pressure monitoring or remote patient monitoring is another term for that. And this would be a device that you take at a, you know take at home with you a blood pressure cuff that's hooked up to electronically to a monitoring system where you can monitor blood pressure over time. Oddly enough, some people get nervous when they come to the physician. I don't know why anybody would want to do that. Maybe I have a lot of friends who are dentists before I say this, but maybe if you go to the dentist, uh, you know, it might go up. Maybe if you're an allergist and you're getting allergy shots. But for whatever reason, you know, some people do get a little bit nervous and they have what we call white coat hypertension or white coat effect. Really, that diagnosis is most accurately diagnosed not with just the blood pressures in the office. We You need the blood pressures that are out of the office to accurately diagnose that and to monitor ther- therapy. Um, you know, when we, we treat blood pressure, we don't know really until that patient comes back how they're doing. And you don't have to get fancy on it. You know, blood pressure monitoring at home is very... Um, uh, very useful, and uh, hey, we just have a sheet of paper in our office that I sometimes give patients and say, monitor your blood pressure a couple of times a week, different times of the day, put down the time, uh, pulse rate too, and um, let's just see what it does over time. And that's that's a great uh, idea for doing that. You, sometimes you can combine that with your iPhone. There's certainly a lot of apps that talk to physicians and uh, can relay that information. But a lot of uses for uh, apps and for devices. Diabetes is another one that we've we've really, if you really want to take care of your diabetes as a patient, 
um, doing something at home and having a, a regimen. If, if your blood sugar is elevated, what do I do? Uh, if things are out of the norm, you know, how do I do that? Uh, anticoagulation, a lot of home monitoring systems now for that too, if you're on Coumadin or one of the blood thinners uh, for, for various medical conditions. All right, let's go to O'Neill from Diaverville. Good morning, O'Neill. Hi, uh, good morning. Thanks for calling. Uh, uh, thank you for uh, taking my call. I had a question about, uh, I, uh, well, just more or less I was playing basketball. I'm extremely tall, seven foot tall. Wow. Um, and I was playing basketball, man, and I, I came down on my knee wrong and I injured my knee. I was almost certain that I tore my ACL. Uh but I, I, I mean, I ended up having MRIs and all, and I didn't. Uh, so, uh, and I was wondering why I was having such extreme pain in my knee, you know. And um, mm-hmm. so I, I went to the emergency room, and they, uh, you know, went did everything, and they ended up not giving me crutches because they didn't have any tall enough. And uh, they referred me to a specialist. I went and seen him. He ordered some more MRIs and everything, and looked at everything, and. He, he told me that he was thinking that I had a PVNC, uh, whatever that is. Uh, and so I guess along the time of me, you know, not having crutches and, um, you know, just trying to put more weight on my other knee than the actual injured one, I think my other knee hurts now more than the, the one that I injured um, initially. And uh, I was wondering what the prognosis is on on uh, PVNC. Yeah, I did, and, and that's a little bit out of my wheelhouse as far as prognosis. I, but I I'm assuming that you saw an orthopedic surgeon for that. Is that correct? I did. Yeah, I did. And, and one that specializes in knee injuries and knee. Uh, yeah. Sir. Yeah. Uh, so. I, I'm not sure what the prognosis is long term or, you know, after interventions and things. And I'm sure they probably you said that they, you know, have they uh, sent you to physical therapy with all that you said with. Yeah, well, he he was he he wanted me to come back again and he was recommending physical therapy and uh, giving me some shots on the knees and and the such and. You know, uh, and I I mean, I just man, I, I hate to be a baby, but my knees hurt really bad. Yeah, you may need to get you, you may need to get a second opinion on that. And as tall as you are, it does you know the extremes of what our normal variation is, and and people can cause a lot of problems and put stress on different parts of the knee. And uh, I honestly, if I were you and I was seven feet tall and had this and wanted to stay active, I think I'd find me a good sports medicine guy. And you may have it. This may be the person. But somebody who's experienced, say, if they have, you know, if their normal clientele are professional basketball players or, uh, you know, uh, that had, you know the, the more you can get towards what a, a person that looks more like you in body build and having similar problems, and you can match that up with a physician. And I guarantee you, you know, on the coast, there's probably somebody that's pretty close either if they're not in Mississippi, they're probably, you know, probably in uh, New Orleans that uh, that does that. Um, but I would do that and see if they can get you to a good physical therapist that can work with you to help stabilize that knee. The pain is a problem with it, though. I mean, that seems like it's the biggest thing. So if you can, uh, if they have somebody that they work with in uh, in a pain specializing clinic, that might be somebody that they can help you out too. 
Okay. All right. Thanks very much. So you're, uh, you're I'm, fir- I'm gonna look into that. Your first name's not Shaq, right? It's not. It's not. It's a complete coincidence. I would love it if that. I'm glad to talk to you. Don't get me wrong. And that's uh, that's pretty. Uh, but it does bring up, you know, when you're seven feet tall. You, I, you, did you play basketball growing up? Yeah, I played in high school and college. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and it certainly has a lot of doors that it opens to you. But what we know later on, if you look at, at uh, professional athletes like yourself that, that play for, you know, for extended periods of time and they may have those extremes of height, it does change that knee anatomy over time. And you, you need somebody that really knows what they're doing. So I, I would, at, you know, ask your, your orthopedic surgeon, uh, hey, how many people have you treated with this? Are you comfortable with that? If they are, that's great. Ask about physical therapy, pain management. See what kind of options you have, and if they're not, get to somebody who has that experience. Okay, that's great advice. Thank you very much. All right, thank you, O'Neill. All right, we're going to take a break. This is Southern Remedy. If you'd like to call, though, we've got plenty of time for you to call in at the rest of our program. You can reach us at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four or send an email to remedy at mpbonline.org. Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, remedy at mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Southern Remedy. I'm Dr. Jimmy taking your calls this morning. That's right. This is the show that we really don't have a uh, a set thing that we talk about too often because we have so many good calls from our listeners. And that's really what makes this show great is that we rely on you to ask us questions. So if you have something that's bothering you on your mind about, uh, you know, I just really can't uh, get to the bottom of this, we can try to help you out or point you in the right direction. Uh, you can reach us this morning at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can always send an email to us, not just when we're on the air, but off the air at remedy at mpbonline.org. So, you know, if you think about different uh, things that, uh, that um, affect the gut, um, one of the things that we had a caller that uh, just uh, had to go and uh, couldn't stay on the line, but they mentioned certain products. There's a lot of them out there, and I was just in the break just looking through, just doing a survey of all the kind of different things. And there's not really good data between probiotics. What they've studied the most are the, the, the ones that contain the most common beneficial bacteria in the gut. 
Um, this caller did mention one brand that was a yeast-based probiotic. probiotic. You do need a sort of a combination of both the yeast and the good bacteria. So uh, there's just not, not been a lot of studies that compared the two uh, back and forth. So it's, that's, that's the, the problem with those. So we don't know. that. Honestly, there's not a whole lot of, uh, of uh, negative side effects. If your immune system is compromised in any way, whether you're, you know, like if you're receiving an, um, chemotherapy or if you have uh, some type of infection that's affecting your immune system, then you probably want to check with your physician beforehand. You don't want to jump into something like that, um, even if it's the, the, quote, beneficial bacteria, because they can cause some problems in some situations uh, if your immune system is not properly uh, at the level it should be. But other than that, there's a lot of different combinations out there. And it, it really, we, there's just not a whole lot of evidence to say that one works any better uh, than another one. All right, we're going to go to Jackie in Madison. Good morning, Jackie. Good morning. Um, my son is 46. He mm-hmm. lives in Asheville, North Carolina. And he has had night sweats and uh cough and just feeling miserable for um, months now, a couple of months or longer, and uh, comes and goes, and he's been to the doctor, and um, they put him on antibiotic, and they've done a variety of tests for a variety of different issues, but nothing seems to jump out, Um, and I I have a suspicion, but I want to see if anything comes to your mind that that might be, uh, that he might look into. Yeah, thanks, Jackie. That's a common um, uh, symptom that some people have. And particularly if you're, you know, fine and then you get up into your 40s and have it, you do want to look more intently about things. A couple of things that I think of right off the bat. Uh, it, and, well, first of what I, what I do is I try to quantify it. So some people say night sweats, they just wake up and they just break a sweat. But night, true night sweats are where you have to change your clothing or the bed clothes. That's where we are. Right. So I figured since they, since you've seen a physician, they probably had already said that. But I just wanted to make that clear for everybody else. It doesn't mean you wake up, you're a little sweaty. It means you're drenched. You ch- these are the people that change their, you know, if they wear a shirt at night to bed, they change it two or three times a night. They change the sheets or uh, the pillow case uh, every morning because it's soaked. Yeah, he uh, actually jokes about it. He's a swimmer, and he's in perfect health. Otherwise, I mean, weight-wise, doesn't eat junk food. Did an Ironman about three years ago in wow. Louisville. I mean, he's in perfect health. If you looked at him, you would never guess there's an issue, and yeah. we can't figure it out. Anyway, so what would you... So so, so probably some of the things he's already had done. Blood tests to sort of rule out certain malignancies will, uh, like blood malignancies, will will sometimes present that way. Um, some of the leukemias uh, present that way. I'm sure that's the, one of the first things that they tested. Uh, TB and other chronic diseases sometimes can present that way, usually have other symptoms by that point, like chronic cough, weight loss. Um, rarer things that sometimes can be on the list, and one of them is uh, obstructive sleep apnea. Um, so I have I had a couple of patients that were diagnosed with sleep apnea or sleep-disordered breathing at night, uh, that it presented solely as uh, as night sweats, um, and then some people have uh, hyperhidrosis just when they sleep. And I, if you haven't seen a sleep specialist, that's one that's lower down on the list. But once you sort of rule out those other things, that might be the next step. I don't know if he's done that yet. Oh, I, he hasn't. Um, but I'll tell you this: he 
he was in South America and Honduras and Guatemala in college and uh, taught school there for about three years, and he suspects malaria. Well, that's true, and you can have, particularly if it has a, a cyclical uh, component to it. So if it comes and goes and it's, you know, it's, it's not every night, although it depends on the type of malaria. Um, but, yeah, that's so travel is something that you would definitely ask about, and those areas have malaria and other bloodborne diseases that can sometimes manifest years after you've been there. So if it was an extended period of time, even if he took malaria prophylaxis, yeah, right. that, that could certainly be it. You need to go. Has he been to an infectious disease specialist? Well, he is, but we're in Asheville, and sure. I said, "Listen, I'll pay for you to go to Atlanta, but that's where um, disease control is." Yeah, CDC. And, yeah. and so that I don't know. If, and he's in the Chapel Hill area. I mean, he's four hours from Chapel Hill. Would that be the place to go? Yeah, I, just, I don't think that. you need to go to Atlanta. You just need to find a good uh, travel medicine. ID specialist. They're going to be the ones that really, and Chapel Hill should have somebody there. I don't know anybody specifically, but that's where I would go next to try to see if you can tease out some of those things. Well, he's even thinking about going to Honduras and seeing a doctor there where they see malaria all the time. He says, you know, they don't see it here, so they're not looking for it. You know, even in Jackson, we see uh, a couple of cases a year, and travel is so prevalent uh, to Central American countries uh, most travel-specific ID specialists are going to be very uh, versed on not just mar- malaria but other diseases in those vicinities. They love diagnosing stuff like that. <laughs> Great. Okay, well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, Jackie. All right, we're going to go to, we're going to try to get in Brenda here from Pascagoula. Good morning, Brenda. Hi, how are you? Good. Thank you for calling. You're welcome. I have a question about weight loss. Uh-huh. Um, I had a knee replacement back in 2012, and I wasn't able to be very active. And um, I moved back to Pascagoula, I not so I moved back to Pascagoula uh, five years ago. And I started losing weight because I was able to be more active. But in the last six, nine months, I, it just keeps dropping off me. I've had a CBC. I have had thyroid tested, but I wasn't too impressed with the doctor. So I'm just wondering if you can point me anywhere else to check. Sure. Uh, So weight loss can be a vague symptom that may or may not be attached to something else. Let me ask a couple of questions right quick. Have your bowel movements changed in any way? Are you having diarrhea or anything like that? No, I am on opioids, so that would be... Um, the opposite, probably. To be expected. Right. Yeah, so um, a couple of things that can cause weight loss, uh, it sounds like they at least check for it once. Now, I'll, I'll circle back to the thyroid problems. Certainly hypothyroidism can cause weight gain, uh, or hyperthyroidism can cause weight loss. Um, so those two things can do that or anything that's speeding up your metabolism so it doesn't have to be related to the thyroid. The thing about the thyroid is... It, but depending on when the testing was done, uh, it may need to be repeated. So a lot of times we'll repeat a, a thyroid test six to eight weeks after the first one uh, just to get a better picture because it, it changes slowly. The TSH changes uh, more quickly, but the free T4, which is sort of the end product, is, uh, is one that doesn't change as quickly. So I would try that, and if they, it sounds like they've done some of the other things, a liver panel and looking at your liver enzymes too or looking for other chronic diseases that might be affecting it 
that's that's another good place to look. Great. All right, Brenda. I said, and that on which end my doctor doesn't seem to be too helpful. So I always get a second opinion. I always tell oh, I people, I, yeah, you got to trust that relationship. The, I wasn't impressed with the first endocrinologist. Sure. Page. I plan to seek out another one. Thank you. So there much you go. For the info. Oh, sure. And thank you for calling, Brenda. That's all the time we have left for today. I want to thank everybody for calling. Great program today. I always enjoy when you call in with your medical problems. Southern Remedy is a production of MPB Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and from generous support of listeners just like you. I want to thank Kevin Farrell, as always, our producer, and uh, Liz Gill, I believe, was our call screener this morning. You can reach us every Wednesday at 11 here on Southern Remedy and stay tuned to MPB. MPB's Here and Now on Think Radio.